Because it's getting ready to be on. Welcome, gangsters. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been... You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. I have a high moral standard. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out, world. I think it is time to demonstrate the full power of this station. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the program. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. I want to remind you it is bee season. Don't get stung handling those situations yourself. Call Town & Country for the solution. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. We're glad you're with us. We're going to talk sports from a faith-based perspective. This is the show that Zach has been excited about since... Well, I don't know about last year this time. This is the, <laughs> we're going to go through the NFL preview show. We're going to look at our, our predictions, which you know my feelings and I'll share them later in the program about predictions. But, uh, Zach, you're excited about this show. I'm excited about this. I've been waiting for this, like you said, for a while. But spoiler alert, Benson's not a big fan of predictions. Yeah. You can find out more about myself and about those guys. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com. At the website, you can also find audio archives of past broadcasts, interviews. You can you can even purchase a Benson and Those Guys t-shirt, which, by the way, when you do that, the proceeds go to support our ministry, keep us on the air. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at btgprogram. Also, if you do go on our website and get one of those BTG t-shirts, they are 100% guaranteed to make you look smarter and more handsome. <laughs> I I have worn that T-shirt a number of times. I don't think it's made me look any smarter or any more handsome. I've I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you on that guarantee. <laughs> it's what, because you are smarter, so you um, don't realize it. Well, this show's off to a good start. Yeah. Big game this past week. Big game in Foxborough, Massachusetts on U.S. soil. Five-time World Cup champion Brazil beating the United States 4-1 to one in a friendly. Now, let me ask you, Zach, you're, you're a big sports fan. You know everything that's going on. Did you know that game even took place this past week? No, I, I was just sitting here thinking that. I'm the producer of this show in charge of finding the content, and I didn't even know that game was happening. Proving my point that outside the World Cup, nobody cares about soccer. You could say it's the beautiful game. You could play, say it's the world's game. It is not America's game. I'm not talking about youth games. I know moms in minivans on their way somewhere right now are all excited because little Jamie and little Johnny are going to get out and they're, and they're going to play soccer, and they're excited about that. But at the professional level, uh, you can say the Rhinos, and I know they are. The Rhinos are champions, division title, uh, going to go deep into the playoffs, I'm sure. But nobody cares. You know what? I work with a guy who is uh, came here from Europe and is a big soccer fan. As a result, goes to the Rhino games, big-time Rhino fan, and he even is telling me, the Rhinos don't sell out games like they used to. Like the first decade or so, they were here. They were the new show in town. They're big. But he said even the Rhino games, there are fewer and fewer people going. Fewer people care. I, I'd love for them to do well. I'm rooting for them. 
but just you had Brazil here. Brazil, one of the top clubs uh, of all time Mm -hmm. when it comes to world soccer. They're playing on U.S. soil, and most people didn't know it, and many didn't even care. Turning to something people do care about, let's talk a little baseball. Bryce Harper, what is your take on this sour Upset with the the national fans because he said he said they left in the seventh inning. The game against the Mets this past week, scores tied five five. Mets put up three, take an eight five lead, and fans start emptying the ballpark in Washington. Harper's upset. He says they left the game in the seventh. So you know that that's pretty brutal. Giving some he he's not happy with the fans. In fact, John Papel, uh, Jonathan Papelbaum says I got a little bone to pick with fans. I saw a few of them sitting down. We need need to stand up in those situations because this is playoff baseball. It's not the Washington Nationals are not going to see playoff <laughs> baseball. No. And Papelbaum's probably the last guy to be talking because he's only been there what a month and a half or so. Well, and I guess in the seventh inning, this is. You built the fans up. Early in the season, I remember something that Bryce Harper said, something to the effect of where do I get my ring after they signed Max Scherzer? Uh, you know, what's I, how do you size me up for my ring? Where's my ring? Well, something shy remark like that. Mm-hmm. Then they go out and they are three or four games over 500. The Mets have been beating them all year. They are nine games behind in the wild card, six games at the time we're recording this and behind in, in the NL East. They got their, their playoff hopes are fading. And I think fans have seen this before, Bryce Harper. You're, you're getting mad at them. You just lost. You tied five, five. You just gave up three runs. Fans are like, I'm beating traffic. I'm going home. I've seen this play out before. It's the Strasburg curse. Fans know what's coming next. Now, I, I get it. It's the Mets, the bullpen's probably the weakest part of their team. So a three-run deficit is not that insurmountable. But, I mean, Nets fans have been watching this season. They know what's going on. They're sick of it. it you had, on paper, listen, I'm one of those guys that said, man, this, team is, this team's going to the World Series. This is a great team. It hasn't materialized, and the fans have seen it enough times where they've checked out. You get down a few runs, they're out of there. They're not sitting around for a team that's, Two or three games over 500. And for what I don't think it's professional though for Bryce Harper to be calling out the fans. You got other things you need to worry about. One, not getting yourself ejected from games. Worry about your hitting it. Worry about the team. Don't worry about the fans. You just play. And I think to call the fans out is very unprofessional. And I, I think the Nationals, boy, I think they're a mess. You got to think, Matt, uh, Matt Williams, mm-hmm. I drew a blank there for a minute, it, he's not going to be back next year. And the first opportunity that Bryce Harper has to sign elsewhere, you know he's out the door. They're, they're just checked out. and They have great pitching, but it hasn't materialized in, in even a division title, and it doesn't look like it will this year. I think you could see a full-scale, not a rebuild, but a house cleaning. I mean, Matt Williams has not gotten nearly as much out of the, that collection of talent as he should have. Mike Rizzo, the roster that he put together that was so great, you know, and then at the deadline, the Mets are making moves left and right. The Nationals had all the pitching to trade. They needed hitting. All they got was a closer when they already had a great one. I think the manager and general manager are both gone. A Miami Marlins type 
sell-off of talent. I think so. Brandon Marshall this week cites race as a factor in Tom Brady's suspension reversal. He says there are a lot of players out there that believe that white players, specifically at the quarterback position, are treated differently. I'll give you a little grace there. The quarterbacks are treated different. No doubt about it. They're they're the most that's the most important position on a on an on an NFL football team is the quarterback. But Brandon Marshall saying this strikes me as a little odd. Brandon Marshall, who has had run-in after run-in after run-in with the law, he himself had a three-game suspension back in 2008, but it was overturned. He got a, it was knocked down to a one-game suspension. So here he is complaining about Tom Brady when he received the very same treatment and perhaps even more so because when I went through the timeline after he made those remarks, I'm thinking to myself, man, it seems to me he's gotten in a lot of trouble. So I went back and I looked at it, and I'm not going to go down the list here, but you can look it up for yourself, date after date after date. He, well, maybe I will. Going all the way back to October of 2004, misdemeanor charges. Uh, you go into 2005, April, retail theft. Um Domestic problems starting in 2006, 2007, 2008. Got the suspension in 2008, which was turned out. It just, does that strike you as odd that Brandon Marshall would be saying this? It you does. benefited. I mean, you, you had your suspension turned down. Why are you calling shots on Tom Brady or, yeah. or any other white player for that matter? Maybe check yourself first, I think. But I, you know, it doesn't surprise me as much because it's Brandon Marshall. He's always a guy that's kind of shot off at the mouth. There's a reason he's gone from team to team despite being such a great talent at wide receiver. But I, I'm i bothered by it because it feels like we see the race card played as an excuse more and more. I mean, the uh, the story that's been all over the news with those high school players that took out a referee during a game and they said, oh, he made racial comments. Whether he did or didn't, the fact that that people seem to feel like they can do whatever the heck they want and say, oh, well, there was race involved. Like, that justifies it. That bothers me. And I don't I don't know if there was. You beat me to the point. Um, and I don't know if if race is a factor or if it's not. How do I know? But what, it's such an easy card to play, and it's such an easy thing to say, and it just comes out so so quick that a guy like Brandon Marshall, who, by the way, the NFL didn't overturn Tom Brady's. So it's not the NFL showing favoritism to Tom Brady. That was a federal judge. Mm -hmm. But the NFL did knock down Brandon Marshall. So it's just like, even if you're thinking that, maybe you're not the right person to soapbox that issue. I agree. And I think that when you use race as an excuse like that so flippantly, I think it does a disservice to the people that really did go through a lot of discrimination. Like Jackie Robinson, you look at what he went through and handled it with such class, just as one example. And then you look at the people, fast forward to today, that shoot off at the mouth about race so easily and so flippantly. I think it really shows a lot of disrespect for people that went through actual racial hardship. I would agree. America has come a long way thanks to many, many people that had a great deal of suffering. I mean, it's got a long ways to go. I'm not saying we're, we're there as a society, but 
I think you're right, Zach. I think you hit it right on the head that it, it definitely does do a disservice. Let me give you a little bit of good news. Now, we, Devon's still been in the news. His daughter's been uh, cancer and was on the Bengals roster. He was cut earlier this spring. A lot of folks have made mention of that. Well, what is he going to do? How how are they going to survive? I, the only reason I bring it up is because I want because the Bengals kept him on the roster last year. He and his family now have five years of NFL health insurance. And as you've you said, you think he's going to get picked up somewhere along the line, and you're probably right. But I wanted to bring it up to say that I, I haven't heard that reported a lot. He's been cut, but he hasn't lost his health insurance. So that family's going to be okay at least for the next five years because they do have that because he did play last year. And that's regardless of whether he plays or not. He will have five years of NFL health insurance regardless of whether or not he plays. So great job by the Bengals keeping mm-hmm. him on the roster last year, keeping him engaged and getting him to that point where now he can catch on with another team. And even if he doesn't, he and his daughter are taken care of. Coming up later in the program, we got our NFL preview show. Zach has gone through the entire schedule like the nerd that he is and just come <laughs> up with a, a formula that you and I don't understand it anyway, but he's going to share that with us. We got other things coming on. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town and Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Tim Hiller was striving for a prized roster spot with the Indianapolis Colts when six words changed everything. We have to let you go. In his new book, Strive, former collegiate and NFL quarterback Tim Hiller leads you on a year-long journey, taking small steps each week on the path to making your life matter and to developing more and more into the person God designed you to be. Strive by Tim Hiller, now available on Amazon or at timhiller.com. Welcome back to Benson and those guys. Earlier in the program, I explained, started to explain, I don't like making predictions because I think it's foolish. You don't know who's going to go down with an injury. And in this day and age, you don't know who's going to go down with a, with a suspension, whether that be for a, a criminal offense or, or taking a performance-enhancing drug. There are actually, I don't know if you knew this or not, this number blew my mind when I read it last week. There are, well, last week there were 31, but now with Tom Brady being free, there are 30 players on the suspended list to begin week one. 30 players. Well, there you go. 30 guys that, they're not injured, they're just, they're ineligible to play because of suspension. So in this day, you got injuries, you got suspensions, you got so many things that you don't know that is going to come up. 
that really predictions end up just being educated guesses. And at the end of the year, nobody remembers them anyway. I can sit here and tell you that I predicted the Super Bowl last year 100% accurately. Unfortunately, the internet remembers because our show with our picks from last year is still on there, and I actually have a little sound compilation if you want to hear it. I, I would like to hear it. Here we go. This is the hot mess that was the Benson and those guys NFL picks 2014. Let's go around the room, and I don't want to ask you your division winners or your playoffs, but who do you see in the Super Bowl? The Cowboys will win Super Bowl 49. I wouldn't say it's out there, but I like the Niners. I really do. I think the ceiling for Kaepernick is there isn't one. I think they're going to knock off the Seahawks and uh, to go to the Super Bowl. I have the Broncos facing the Saints with the Saints coming out on top. I just think the Saints are so loaded, and I... I think they're overdue. I think this is their year again. Yeah, I'm going with uh, a rematch from last year, uh, Broncos and Seattle, uh, with Broncos making it a much closer game, but ultimately Seattle winning. I think they are so good in Seattle and such a home field advantage in that stadium. Uh, The Saints are a great pick. The Niners are a great pick, but I just see them coming out and playing the Colts. Wrong. That's actually hilarious. Well, there, there you have it. I, well, at least I got one of the teams right. But that was four of us, and Darren and Shane aren't with us tonight. But uh, they're just guesses, and you don't know. And fortunately, you typically you wouldn't remember. But they are kind of fun, so we'll go ahead and do it. Let's go through it. We'll look at the AFC starting there. And, Zach, based on your system, um, the AFC East is obviously a, a division that's important to us. There's two New York teams there, and especially our local team, the, the, the Buffalo Bills. So where, who do you see winning the AFC East? The AFC East, uh, this is going to sound like a homer pick, but I was right with the Yankees, so I'm doing it again. I see the Bills. I see them being 11-5. and five. Enough to overtake the New England Patriots? I I think so. I actually am not real big on the Patriots this year. I know they're the reigning champions, and so you have to kind of cut them some slack. But they lost so much from that defense. Vince Wilfork is gone. Both their starting corners, Revis and Browner, are gone. Uh, Malcolm Butler, nobody knew who he was before that one play at the end of the Super Bowl. He's going to be starting. Nobody knows really what to expect out of this defense. So I know Brady's back, but... I don't think they're going to be able to stop that many teams defensively. I think the Patriots are one of those teams that play well with a chip on their shoulder, mm-hmm. and they've certainly got a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to play. I, I think they're still – they may have taken a step back perhaps, and I don't think the Bills – well, the Bills have closed the gap, but not enough to overtake them. I think the Bills have an outside shot to be a playoff team, but I see I, – I, I think New England still, until somebody knocks them off, they are still the class of that division. But I, I think it's a much tighter division. Absolutely. In fact, I don't have anyone in the AFC East finishing with a losing record. <laughs> Not even the Jets? Not even the Jets. I have the Jets. You heard it here first. I have them at 9-7. and seven. And my reasoning for that is Chan Gailey is running the offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick at his quarterback. Stop, stop me if you've heard that one before. <laughs> but, I mean, you look at the points he was able to put up running a spread in Buffalo – with far less talent 
then, I mean, the Jets have Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. So they're going to put up some points. That defense is great. It got Revis and Cromartie back. I know they're the Jets. They're an easy target, but don't sleep on the Jets. All right, so in this division, you got the Bills taking the division title. I got the Patriots. Do you think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs? I don't know. I don't have them in the playoffs. I have them and the Jets both at 9-7, and seven, the Dolphins at 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm not buying into the Dolphins yet. But like you said, injuries, suspensions, who knows? But right. I think I, the Patriots, I have them on the playoff bubble. I think it's very hard when you hear all these uh, talk shows and they predict their wild card teams. It's hard to predict the wild card teams. I think it's a little easier to look at a division and say, this team's going to win the division. But then when you get into the wild card, very difficult. I do think the Bills have an outside shot, uh, but I think the Patriots and the Bills are the only two teams out of the East that have a shot to make the playoffs. The Dolphins could be better, um, or they could really fall on their face. I, I really don't know what to make of that team. But let's move to the North, where I think you got your AFC champion. I think the Baltimore Ravens are the are the class of the AFC. So you obviously read the Sports Illustrated preview then, because well, Sports I, Illustrated loves the Ravens this I, year. And I do too. I did see that, and I kind of wanted to go, oh, well, I don't want to pick the Ravens because I, I don't want to agree with Sports <laughs> Illustrated. I don't think they're going to be right. But in this instance, I do. I, I, I like the Ravens. I think the Steelers are another team with an outside shot to make the playoffs. Oh, I should say more than an outside shot. I, I think they've got a pretty solid shot at making a playoff. They're definitely a playoff team. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, I think they could be there. Uh, the South, I have the Colts. And I think that's going to be your your top two teams are, are the Colts and the Ravens. I think so. Uh, well, not the top two. Either the Colts definitely are. I have the Steelers in the North um, winning the North division. Uh, I just think, yeah, the defense isn't the Steeler defense that we've seen in the past, but I think it's an easier defense for the players to pick up. And, I mean, at any given point, that they could go off and score 40 points on you, that offense. When Le'Veon Bell comes back from suspension and Martavis Bryant, you look at just the names on that offense, I think I I don't know who's going to slow them down. So I have the Steelers winning the North. So we disagree there because I have, I have the Ravens. Moving on to the South, I have the Colts. Are you going to disagree with me there? <laughs> no. I don't have anyone else in that division winning more than four games. Really, not even Houston. Not even Houston. I, their quarterback is Brian Hoyer. You know, I just don't. Uh, we don't know how long Arian Foster is going to be out. The defense is great, but Will Fork's old could be injured. There's a lot of talk about Foster being back in the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, but but we don't know. And that's a stout defense. It is, but I mean, how much is Clowney going to play? How much is Will Fork going to play? I know J.J. Watt changes games by himself, but I'm I'm just not sold on them being a playoff team. Oh, see, I, I, I see them in the playoffs. Moving to the West, the Broncos is the team that I think is going to win. Here's my concern with the Broncos. I want to pick them to go to the Super Bowl again. I do. But I, I'm concerned with Peyton Manning fading down the stretch part of the season, as I think we've seen the, mm-hmm. in the last few years. And every year, I think... We all think this is probably the year that Peyton is toast. You know, and last year it looked like we were right. He had those those injured legs he was on and stuff. But I think if they run the ball the way they're talking about running the ball more and more, and with the way that defense plays, 
Um, as long as Peyton takes it well, maybe a reduced role, not having to throw quite as much, I think that keeps him healthier, and I think it makes them more dangerous. Dillon's got to take a, a baseball approach to it and put him on a pitch count, an innings limit, yeah, and see how long he can get. Because without him, the Broncos are not going anywhere. And I know you hear talk about, well, you, you don't take your quarterback out if you have a big lead because then the offense gets in a different rhythm. And I understand that. There's some merit to that. But, I mean, if you're the Broncos and you're up by 30 points on somebody in the fourth quarter, maybe you take Peyton Manning out. I know he would never want to, but take him out, give him a breather, keep him fresh. I think you could do that. All right, so I got... Here's my four division winners. The Patriots, the Ravens, the Colts, the Broncos. I gotta give, I gotta really settle on two other playoff teams. I'm gonna say the Steelers are there. I'm gonna say the Texans are there. And I think the Bills are on the outside. Although I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills made it and somebody else was sitting at home. I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh was sitting at home and the Bills were in it. But I'm gonna go my six teams out of the AFC. The Patriots, the Ravens, the Colts, the Broncos. Texans and Steelers. Okay. I misspoke earlier when I said I didn't have the Patriots in. I have them in as a wild card team. You, I'm turning you around on this. Yeah. Well, I just realized that my math is off and I only had five playoff teams down. So they would be in, but they would be a wild card team. I have the Broncos, Steelers, Colts, and Bills as your division winners. And I have the Ravens and the Patriots as your wild card teams. Okay. Let's take a break. We'll come back a little later in the show. We'll do, do the NFC towards the end of the show. You're listening to Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country. Best solutions. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Welcome back to the show, Benson and Nose Guys. The show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. See that thing on Facebook they had? By the way, if you've ever gone to YouTube, look up Town & Country. Their YouTube channel is just entertaining. Their their Facebook page is, is very interesting. But they, they had a picture uh, this, I don't know, day or two ago. Maybe it was even earlier today. I don't know. They had this picture on 
of, of a ceiling. It was a piece of drywall removed. They said the customer heard scratching on the ceiling, so they poked at the drywall with a broom, and yellow jackets started pouring out. So they cut this hole. Uh, town and country did. They called town and country at that point, which you got jelly, yellow jackets poured into your house. That's what you do. You call town and country pest solution. So they cut this hole to find a large nest, and they had a picture of it on Facebook with thousands of them inside. The yellow jackets apparently chewed the drywall. Chewed the, jo- chewed the yeah, I can't even say it. Chewed the drywall right down to the paint. Oh, dude. So oh, all it took was a little poke with the, with the broom. And they were expanding their nest. And I, I didn't know they did that. I just thought they found a hole and got in it. But they're saying they chewed the drywall. It's bad enough that they're so ornery and they want to sting everybody. When they start eating your house and turning it into a nest, no, no thanks. That's where I'm out. You get on your phone and you call 426-5024 and you say town and country. You can get over here and get rid of these yellow jackets. Cause By the way, if you check out the pictures and the videos that they post, town and country, like, they're not for the faint-hearted. I mean, they're like now those guys are crazy catching wild animals and holding them up to the camera. And well, one of their guys is an American Ninja contestant, yeah. so they're they're crazy. Those guys. Yeah, I, I I don't want to say this to them because they're nutty and they're bigger than I am, but they're not right upstairs. There's no doubt about it. Garrett Gilkey is an offensive lineman with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and apparently he's a pretty good writer too. He wrote a terrific piece for Desiring God this past week. If you're not familiar, Desiring God is a uh, John Piper-affiliated ministry. It can be found online, desiringgod.org. I sent a link of the article over to Zach, and you got to know that Zach's a pretty good writer himself. The first thing Zach responds with, even before addressing the content, he notices how well the article is written, and it is just that. It's a well-written article. I did have to stop. I asked the question. Is, 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 had to wonder to myself, is Zach surprised that a football player could write? Is he portraying the dumb jock stereotype? Gilkey was injured in the Bucks' final preseason game against the Dolphins, and in fact, he had to be car- carted off the field. The article he wrote was an inspiring point of view on the injury from the perspective of his strong faith in God. He describes the hit to the knee, saying he felt the pop and he fell to the ground in excruciating pain. He writes, I knew my year was over before it had even begun. Now, just for a minute, put yourself in his place. Put yourself in Gilkey's place. Remember, your alignment basically as anonymous as it gets in the NFL. A seventh-round draft pick out of Chadron State College in Nebraska by the Cleveland Browns in 2013. The 227th overall pick of the draft. You'd have to be wondering, you'd have to be thinking, you're somewhat easily replaceable. More easily than, say, the starting quarterback or the best wide receiver on the team. You're a lineman. He hung on with the Browns in 2013, signed off waivers by the Buccaneers last season. And now, putting yourself in, in his shoes, here you are, looking at a starting position with the Bucks for this season. And before it even begins... You're carted off the field with an injury, knowing full well that your season is probably over. Maybe you're a better person than, than, than I am. You probably are. In fact, I'm sure you are. But if, if it was me, as I was getting carted off the field, not only am I going to be feeling sorry for myself, fears and concerns about what's next is probably going to dominate my thoughts. Is this it? What do I do now? How am I going to make a living? Gilkey, no doubt, had some, if not all, of these emotions. 
but it seems unlike what I would have done or perhaps what you would have done. He quickly moved on. He writes that his flesh and Satan would have had him to believe that he was done, that those voices would say, you're worthless, you're going to lose everything, telling him he can't keep up and that he's pathetic. And these are his words, by the way, directly from the article. Yet he writes as he lay there on the ground, God's spirit whispered in his ear, not in an audible way. God speaks through his word. A Bible verse came to mind. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Romans 8.28 What remarkable presence. What remarkable spiritual maturity. This 25-year-old man, who's already dealing with something called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome, it's a condition that affects the electrical system of the body, and in Gilkey's case caused an accelerated heartbeat during a practice back in high school. This 25-year-old man who had transferred to a Christian high school because of bullying, this young man now lying on the ground with a season-ending injury was not thinking about what he had already endured, the things he had already gone through, but instead was focused on a promise from God, a promise that all things work together for good to those who love God. And Gilkey, I imagine he knows he loves God. He writes that we can't bank on prosperity gospel promises, explaining that they can't stand the test of God's curse over the world. Man, again, what what maturity, what great insight and understanding. He declares that God promises to care for us better than any worldly shepherd. He quotes a number of scriptures in the article, among which is Jeremiah 23, uh, verse 4, which says this, I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. After quoting the verse, he elaborates, Neither shall any be missing. He says, Not even me. Not even when I fail. Not even when I have nothing to offer, declares the Lord. It's his decree, Gilkey emphasizes. Garrett shall not be left outside his care, he says, referring to himself in the third person. The presence of mind that in such a situation he trusted in promises of God, resulting in a peace which surpasses all understanding. How do you understand feeling peace when it would seem your whole world just crumbled in one hit during one football play? If you haven't read the article again, let me encourage you to read it for yourself. You can find it at DesiringGod.org. I'm sure a quick Google search of Garrett Gilkey and Desiring God would bring you right to it. But that's not all. There's more that he writes that is such a lesson and it's such an encouragement. Gilkey continues in his article and says that this season of suffering, this injury, is a gift. This season of suffering, this injury, is a gift. He explains that suffering is always another opportunity for God to be glorified and for his satisfying gospel to be made known. And let me tell you, that's pretty good stuff. Let me repeat it. He explains that suffering is always another opportunity for God to be glorified and for his satisfying gospel to be made known. He quotes David in the Psalms and says that God makes meaning out of suffering because he is sufficient in it. Let remind you again that this is not a best-selling author of a number of books. It's not a pastor. It's not someone along those lines. This is an NFL football player 
being carted off the field with what he acknowledges is probably a season-ending injury. This is the guy who's saying that God makes meaning out of suffering because he is sufficient in it. As I said, the injury occurred in the Bucks' final preseason game. They hadn't even yet played their season opener. And yet here is Gilkey sharing what God is already showing him through this experience. He says that he's not only showing me peace, but delight and joy. It's a gift, and it shows me the joy of an intimate and loving and compassionate God. Gilkey even reminds us of Job, referencing James 5.11. James 5.11 says, Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He points out that Job hung in there long enough to joyfully rest in God's love for him. Garrett Gilkey concludes the article with this challenge. Let's see what the Lord's purpose is for us, the one who is compassionate and merciful to his sheep whom he will not forget. You know, as I read the article, I was moved to just pause and reflect on all that God has done for me in his mercy and in his grace. I want to encourage you to do the same. Remembering that the cross at Calvary was the ultimate expression of mercy and grace of God's care and his love, proving that he did not and will not forget. Garrett Gilkey writes of his perspective as he endures a season of suffering. It occurred to me that in recent weeks we've had on Tim Hiller, whose perseverance through injury during his NFL career has led him to to be exactly where God wants him to be. His new book called Strive tells that story. You can get that at timhiller.com. We've also had on Jeff Kemp, another former NFL player whose book, Facing the Blitz, is about handling the blitzes that life sends your way. You can get his book at jeffkemp.com or on Amazon. And now we have this article of Garrett Gilkey that that's so well written for DesiringGod.org. Looking at the recent weeks of Tim Hiller and Jeff Kemp and now Garrett Gilkey, I can't help but believe that God is speaking to someone perhaps one of our listeners, can I just encourage you that if God is speaking to your heart about a tough situation that you are going through, you don't have to go through it alone. Let someone help you. You can contact us through our website, btgprogram.com. Talk to your pastor. Talk to a church leader. Heck, you can even reach out to Tim Hiller or Jeff Kemp. At the very minimum, allow us to pray for you. You don't have to give details or even even a full name. Just send us a note and say, pray for me. I want you to know it'd be our honor to do that. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to do our look at the NFC, do our NFC predictions. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country, Pest Solutions. First Bible Baptist Church is hosting a missions conference September 20th through the 23rd. The theme is Counting the Cost, and FBBC has invited each of its many foreign missionaries who are based throughout the world to come and be a part of this conference. These are people that were a part of First Bible Baptist Church until God called them to leave their jobs and homes to be ambassadors for Jesus in another part of the world. These men and women counted the cost and saw it worthy to follow God's call into the missions field. Additionally, Evangelist Tim Lee will be the keynote speaker. 
Tim is a U.S. Marine who lost both of his legs in Vietnam. Since then, he has turned his life over to Christ, and God has used his preaching in a mighty way all over the world. Tim is a dynamic and powerful speaker who will challenge you and excite you each and every time you hear him speak. And as a special treat for the youth, Encounter Revival Ministries will also be at the conference, ministering to the young people, children, and teens throughout the week. Plan on being part of Counting the Cost September 20th through the 23rd at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton. Meet these wonderful servants of God. It will be a blessing to them, and they will certainly be a blessing to you as they share what God is doing in their lives. For more information, call the church office at 392-0777. That's 392 392- 0777 or visit them online at www.fbbc.info. Hey there, it's Benson. I want to invite you to join me this November in the Dominican Republic as part of Score International's annual baseball outreach. Your life will be impacted as you help with the daily baseball clinics and share the love of Jesus Christ, as well as delivering humanitarian assistance to the needful people of the Dominican Republic. This five day missions trip departs from Rochester on Sunday, November 8th returning Thursday, November 12th. Cost is $650 plus airfare, so you can expect the total to be somewhere around $1,200. And that price includes meals, lodging, ground transportation, and airport transfers. Past trips have featured participation from such men as New York Yankees greats Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit, former NL Rookie of the Year Chris Coughlin, Lou Pinella, Ian Kennedy, Gary Carter, Brett Butler, Otis Nixon, and many others. Of course, I don't know who will be on this year's trip, We'll find out when we get there. If you've wanted to experience the impact of a short-term missions trip, this is a great opportunity. If you're a baseball fan, then it's an even better fit. By the way, dads, it's a tremendous father-son opportunity that will provide memories for a lifetime. Consider coming along. I know it'll be fun, and I know you'll be blessed as you are ministered to while you serve the Lord on a foreign field during this short-term missions opportunity. Visit SCORE International at scoreintl.org, that's scoreintl.org, or contact me, Benson, through our website, btgprogram.com, for more information. Taylor Swift, of course, big fan of the Benson and Those Guys program. Oh, sure, yeah. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solution. This is our NFL preview show. It's unfortunate. It's just Zach and I this week, but we've already gone through our AFC picks, and I've correctly established that the Patriots, Ravens, Colts, Broncos, Steelers, and Texans will be in the playoffs. Zach has some other situation that, well, obviously he can't be right because he doesn't agree with me. <laughs> My name's not on the show, so... So let's do the NFC. NFC East, um, the Eagles. I, I got to tell you the truth. As much as it pained me as a Giants fan, I was torn between the Eagles and Cowboys who's going to win this division. But I think Chip's Ke- Chip Kelly's offense is going to put up a lot of points this year. It is. Sam Bradford, I don't know if you saw this, Sam Bradford has been so good in that offense in the preseason that it's affecting his contract negotiations. Did you see that? Yeah, he's got a whole... He can go for more now, you know, and that's where he's at. It's affected the negotiations. He's in a better place. He's in a better place to negotiate yeah. from as a result of his play in the preseason. Now his knees could explode at any time or turn to dust, but I mean they look unstoppable. The Giants, I love my Giants. I think they can score some points, but I don't think they can stop anybody. 
I I have him at seven and nine, and that might be generous. I think it's generous. I, I made do. these picks before Jason Pierre Paul was deemed unfit to play. The Redskins are just a mess. So the I, I've got the Eagles winning the division, the Cowboys making the playoffs. I do too. I had the Eagles at twelve and four, and the Cowboys one game behind at eleven and five. The NFC North. The NFC North is going to be top heavy, I think, with the Packers and Vikings. The Packers at twelve and four, and then the Vikings at eight and eight. And after that, I'm not impressed with the Lions and Bears. Um, I think the Packers take it pretty easily, but the Vikings are a little better than I think people might expect. I I think the Packers win the division, but I I think the Vikings have a legitimate chance to be a playoff team. I do. I think they can slip in. I do too. I think they need a lot of things to go right. I mean, Adrian Peterson is in his early thirties. He, he didn't play last year. If he comes back and he's Adrian Peterson, I mean, they might be a 10 win team. But if he's rusty or if he gets injured or Teddy Bridgewater doesn't make that second year leap, you know, they need a lot of things to go right, but the potential is definitely there. The Lions are going to miss Ndamukong Sue, I think, a lot. Him and Nick Fairley. I mean, both their defensive tackles left. I think they take a step back. I, I, last year they won some games that. I'm not sure they should have won, but they were able to pull them out. Mm-hmm. And as you say, without those two guys, that's a much different team. And this is the year Stafford has to step up. He's going to have to put this team, if they're going to make the playoffs, he's going to have to put them on, on his shoulders and, and lead them into the playoffs. And I think that and Kelvin Johnson has to stay healthy. Well, He's missed a good chunk of each of the last few seasons, I believe. And, and if he's out that Offense is entirely different. So you and I actually agree in this division. It's the Packers and the Vikings, and then really there's a big drop-off before you get to the Lions and the Bears. I think the Vikings have a shot at making the playoffs. I'm I'm actually pretty confident in them. The NFC South, I think it could be the most horrific division in football. Mm-hmm. It's There's just nobody there. I think the Panthers win that division really by default. I can make a case for the Saints, but I I think they really took a step back last year, and I don't know that they're prepared to move that step forward. I, I'm going with the Panthers. Well, this is going to be a fun one then because I have the Panthers at 2-14. and 14. No kidding. I just I haven't seen the improvement from Cam Newton as a quarterback. As an athlete, obviously, but as a quarterback, they're missing Calvin Benjamin. Who is he going to throw to? Two wins? Two wins. I think Jonathan Stewart's getting old. I think he breaks down. I think that Cam Newton just doesn't have anybody to throw to. That's the reason I'm I'm not as high on the Ravens as you are. You know, the the Ravens receivers are Steve Smith and then who? And, and with the Panthers, I, I don't know who the weapons are that Cam's going to throw to. So I just, I, I have the Falcons winning that division with the Saints coming in just behind them. The Buccaneers showing a little improvement, but only being 6-10. and 10. Really? So I'm picking a team to win a division that you're saying is going to win two lousy two games. football games. Two games. Wow, that, yeah, that is going to be fun. So let's look at the West. Seattle is the class of that yes. division. I don't think that's going to turn a lot of heads, that pick, right? I, I think everybody would agree. I've heard a few people 
uh, excited about the Cardinals, and I think much like the Lions, they won some games last year that I don't know how they won them, but they did. So With some quarterbacks we've never heard of. Yeah, well, Carson Palmer back, but does that really – are you excited about Carson Palmer leading your football team? Is that is that somebody you're saying, man, we have legitimate Super Bowl hopes now? Of course not. I don't know that I'd say Super Bowl hopes. I think playoff hopes are definitely. He's a nice quarterback, but he's he's not going to lead. Well, maybe he does, but it's not somebody that you're thinking on the top of your head, man. This guy is going to lead his team into the Super Bowl. Of course, that's not somebody that you're just. We we have those type of dreams now. Yeah, he's he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Peyton Manning, but I think he's good. He takes too many chances down the field, but luckily. They have receivers that are good down the field receivers. So one interesting name to remember here is John Brown. If you, well, I know you're not a big fan of fantasy football, but in fantasy football, John Brown's a hot name. They think he's going to see a lot of looks. He's a great field stretching down the field, home run threat receiver. I like the Cardinals to score points. The thing with the Cardinals for me, their defense is good, but it doesn't really get a lot of sacks. It doesn't get after the quarterback a lot. I would like to see more pressure before I see them being a deep playoff threat, but I think they make it. Now, earlier in the show you said you don't like that guy who just looks at a team and says, yeah, it's got a feel of an 11-win team. That's how I do this. Now, you go through game by game, week by week, pick each team, and then you put together in a real scientific way your your predictions for every team. And obviously in an hour-long show, we don't have the time to go through every team to have you tell us their record, but you can tweet that out during this week tweet tweet it out and, and we can look at that and maybe we can get some debate going back and forth but i am interested to know where do you have the st louis rams i have them in third in that division at eight and eight and that's really i think the most interesting discussion about the nfc west because we all have the seahawks winning it but the question was going to be who's going to be second will it be the cardinals or will the rams make a big enough leap I just don't know that the Rams are going to score enough points. That defense is a top five defense, but I don't know that they're going to score enough points. Now, a lot of, a lot of different pundits have been picking the Rams as a playoff team, much improved, uh, a playoff team, which makes that interest, sets it up interestingly as if they are, if they are a playoff team as the St. Louis Rams, what happens? And next year, do they, are they able to go to L.A. as a playoff team, leave St. Louis, leave that fan base? Well, At 8-8, eight and eight, it becomes much easier to do. Yeah. Well, they have an owner who seems to really want to go there. He's already got the land. He's going to build the stadium whether they're going or not. You know, he's, he said that. Um, and, it, I mean, if they're a playoff team, it makes them much more attractive to Los Angeles. So I think you could absolutely see them if they make the playoffs, still up and move to Los Angeles. My four division winners are the Eagles, the Packers, the Panthers, the Seahawks, my two wild card teams. i got to pick two more to make the playoffs. I'm going to say the Cowboys and the Vikings. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. I have Seahawks, Packers, Falcons, and Eagles. The Falcons, I know a lot of people are not as high on them as I am. I think they're going to score a lot of points. And I also think Dan Quinn coming over from the Seahawks gets enough out of that defense in a mediocre division to make them that much better. Um, my two wild card teams, I actually have three because I have two teams tying. I have the Cowboys, obviously. 
and I have the Saints and Cardinals tying at 10 and 6, and then you would have to go to a tiebreaker to see which one of them goes. But those are the teams that I see being playoff teams. But out of the AFC, I have the Ravens. Out of the NFC, I have the Seattle Seahawks meeting in the Super Bowl with the Seahawks winning their second Super Bowl in three years. I could see that. I could see that. I have the Steelers. When you say that, I feel like you're you're giving me a little pat on the head saying, yeah, I, I could see that, but here's what's really going to happen, son. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like I said, your name's on the show, not my name. And I think uh, the clips that we played from last year, yours were a lot closer than mine were. So we'll see. I have the Steelers and the Packers, which would be a really fun Super Bowl. Steelers and the Packers. And your champion is? I'm going to say Steelers. Steelers. A team that I have maybe not even making the playoffs. I, I do. It, it's between them and the Bills, and I am giving Pittsburgh the slight advantage to get in, but it's not going to shock me if they don't. And you've picked them as your Super Bowl champion. I think my Super Bowl pick is, it might partially just be wishful thinking, because that would be so much fun. Rodgers and Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell versus Eddie Lacy, just some smash mouth running and some great passing. I just think that'd be fun. So you look at the 32 teams, and is there somebody in there that you think, if you had to pick one team that you're saying, I think this team is going to surprise in a good way, and be a lot better than people think, and I think this team is going to be a lot worse than people think. Who are you two surprise this team, one to the positive, one to the negative? Well, um, the Jets would be a surprise team, but I already talked about them. So for my surprise team, I'm going to go with the Raiders. I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't even think they're a 500 team, but I think they might be a 7-9 and nine team, and I think they'll be fun. Uh, Derek Carr to Amari Cooper is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, defensively, they're better than people think. Um, remember the game last year that for most of the game, they held the Patriots to just field goals and I think actually had a lead at one point. Uh, I think the Raiders are going to be fun. Um, as for a team that would disappoint, I would, I guess maybe the Panthers would count. I mean, you have them as a playoff team and I have them winning two games. So, um, I think the Panthers might be the first team in a long time that we see go from Division winner to last in the division in one year. I think the Chiefs are going to fall off. I, I see them having a, a poor year. I, if I had to pick a surprise team, then I'm going to say, I think it's going to catch a lot of people by surprise because I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a good year. And if I had to say a team that's going to have a positive surprise, and I don't know how much of a surprise it is, but I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're going to get into the playoffs. I, I like the Vikings a lot. Like I said, everything goes right. They could easily be a 10-win team. All right. I'm saying Seahawks over the Ravens. You're saying Steelers over the Packers. You heard it here first. This is Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Attention youth baseball players. I'm here hanging around the batting cages to let you know that G&T Baseball's travel program, the G&T Royals, We'll be holding tryouts for both its 14U and 15U baseball teams. This will likely be the last tryout for the season, so if you'd like a shot at making a team, come to Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton on Saturday, September 26th at 9 a.m. The G&T Royals offer travel baseball without adding unrealistic pressure on young players or submitting them to overly competitive coaches and staff. G&T remains true to its heritage of being a safe, fun, and family-friendly environment. 
Plus, with home games at the G&T Sports Bar, there's the added bonus of playing on some of the area's finest fields. G&T also provides quality teaching with practices throughout the offseason. If you have questions or if you want more information, you can email G&T Athletics at info at fbbc.info. That's info at fbbc.info and put baseball in the subject line. G&T Royals Travel Baseball Tryouts, Saturday, September 26, 9 a.m. at the G&T Sports Park in Hilton. Well, I said shake, rattle, and roll. I said shake, rattle, and roll. I said shake, rattle, and roll. I said shake, rattle, and Benson and those guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Visit our website, btgprogram.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. Speaking of Twitter, we made the tweet this week that in reference to that, just that horrible incident in Texas where the two high school players attacked that ref, and that's exactly what that was. That was an attack. I made the, made the point on Twitter that even if the claims that the ref was using racial slurs, even if that's true, that response is just not justified. And, and there should be an appropriate penalty, and I'm probably not the right person to decide what that penalty is. But we did have a listener in Texas uh, ask us this question, that assuming the racial slurs were used, that we were meaning punishment for both the players and the referee. And that's absolutely correct. Yeah, I, I would say if the referee now that's much harder to prove and it would need to be proven they have videotape of the players that's very easy mm-hmm. there you have it that it was an ugly scene very difficult to substantiate that the referee was doing it but yeah if you can do that then there should be a punishment for the referee and they're investigating now a an assistant coach is on leave uh placed placed on paid leave while an investigation looks into allegations that he encouraged those players. So let me say this. The players need to be penalized. The referee needs to be penalized as well if he was using racial slurs. Mm-hmm. There should be a penalty. And just as much as the players, any coach that encouraged the players, any coach that's in a leadership position, a teacher position that advises young people to partake in a criminal act and that's what that was i heard people saying callers to talk shows and comments on social media are just crazy where they say well it happened between the lines no it's, mm-hmm. it was just it was a horrific act and i wanted to just clear that up my pest of the week is chicago bulls forwards nikola Mirotic. i hope i don't know if i pronounced that right he tore up a serbian flag while playing in the Euro Basketball Championship, he playing for Spain, a fan waved the flag in front of him. Frustrated with the loss, he took the flag and just tore it up. He did offer an apology, but he remains my pest of the week. My pest of the week as a Yankee fan is the Baltimore Orioles, who rolled over for the Toronto Blue Jays and then took two of three from the Yankees. You're not helping us out. My pest of the week is the Orioles. Want to thank you for joining us. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. Visit our website, btgprogram.com. This has been Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. <laughs>